Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb. I'm Colin. And I'm Notch. This week we bring you the old and the slow. Pirlo ambles in the Yankee Stadium, Jermaine Felon can't get up in Seattle, and the bees get stung in Houston. Guys, I was, I was thinking about this yesterday. What are your favorite movies from when you were kids that you thought as kids were just the best and then you went to watch them as adults and thought they were complete garbage? I mean, I probably knew it was garbage, but Meet the Deedles, like, if you remember back, I think it was like 96 or 97 because there was a ton of ska music in it. Um, (laughs) Two surfer dudes go and basically have like a, like, learn to be a man sort of be experience as park rangers at yellowstone uh-huh. and all the while dennis hopper is trying to like basically take over the entire park and possibly weaponize old faithful using Jeez. like <laughs> using woodchucks and prairie dogs <laughs> like it is absolutely that shit's stupid, and I feel so terrible about watching it uh-huh. now. But it does also have probably the first big role for Paul Walker. Okay. So it's actually an important film. Meet the Deedles. All right, so, so Caleb, what about you? Um, It's got to be one. It, oh, yeah, there's, there's probably a, like a top five movies that I love to say that are now just terrible. I'll just give you one it's called The Perfect Score. Group of high schoolers go and steal the SAT questions or the answers to the SATs. And uh-huh. there's this uh, old NBA player, not old, but like re- he had to retire early because of injuries. But Darius Miles, who plays a basketball player for the high school team, and that's the only thing he's good at in the whole, whole entire movie is the basketball scenes. He's he, he, he's a horrible actor. He mumbles all of his lines. You can't understand a word he's saying half the time. Um, <laughs> and like these group of five people like break in the SAT headquarters, I guess, and steal the answers. And it's a terrible, terrible movie. I, it doesn't hold up at all, but I love this as a kid. And two superstars were in it. Uh, Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans were part of the main group that stole the SAT answers. Oh, God. And it is a terrible movie, but I, I would watch at least once, probably every, every other week. Huh. When I was a kid. I think saying Boondock Saints to this question would be a cheat. Uh, cheating Boondock Saints holds up, though. It ah. does. It does. Ah. <laughs> Apparently, I've struck a nerve. Yes. I'm, I'm just saying, yes, it holds up. Have. I don't think so at all. <laughs> but okay, I'll move past that one because I've got a real one. In high school, I watched this National Lampoon movie and I can't even remember its name. And as a hormonal high school boy, I thought, oh, wow, this movie is awesome. American college fraternities, guys. And then I watched it after college. And it is so bad. First of all, it's like horrifically offensive to literally anyone of any sensibility. (laughs) I feel like most of the (laughs) National Lampoon movies that take place out of college, besides Animal House, are don't age well at all. Yeah, Yeah. probably. And and I probably the same blood as you. Love them back then. So bad, just so bad. And I was like, "What do I like?" And then like there were a lot of women taking their clothes off, and I was like. Okay, oh, that's, that's why as a, as a okay. high schooler, I, I thought this movie was so funny because there's stupid, dumb jokes and naked women. 
And wow, I and and that was a sign that I had grown up just a tiny bit, not that much, but a little bit. So so I don't even remember what the name of this film is now. I've been trying to look it up for the last ten minutes, and I still can't find it. So it's probably a good thing. <laughs> but uh, so so those are our guilty pleasure. One other guilty pleasure I gotta say that I had this past week was Sam Nicholson's shots. Actually, I don't feel guilty about that at all. Sam Nicholson seems to be coming into his own with Minnesota United. He certainly loves the long shot and go, just going for it and. Man, that kid is growing on me. He is tenacious and just with all of his runs. Now, let's Sorry. move into a segment where we talk about Minnesota United FC that we call Loon Monitoring. This week we played a game and we came out 1-1 against one of the worst teams in the league. That, that's not fair to Philly. Yeah, it is. They're not one of the worst teams in the league, though. Yeah, right? they they actually are. <laughs> no, let, let me have this one. Come on. <laughs> uh, I, I have to give a shout out to uh, Alec Wahunka, who does some of the social media for the Dark Clouds, who in one of our posts called them sad bottles of mustard <laughs> based on their jersey colors. <laughs> wow. <laughs> thought that was the best description of Philadelphia <laughs> I've ever heard. But So anyway, um, going into talking about this game, Caleb, you obviously feel very strongly that Philadelphia are the best team in the league. That's not at all what I said. (laughs) Fake news. Fake news. (laughs) Okay, Donald, what's up? Tell me about Philadelphia. Tell me why you think that they they deserve to be lauded a little bit. I mean, I think they started off horribly on them, kind of have come into their own. um, Jesus Sapong is... uh, probably near the top in, in goals for this year. Uh, they have, probably have the, the most rookie of the year in their back line. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a solid game. Um, I just think we caught him on an off night just because Bedoya was out through suspension, so was Josh Yarrow, the regular right back. Um, so I think maybe that's why we think maybe they're one of the worst teams in the league, but they had been playing pretty well throughout the summer. Um, just that early spring where they kind of had a slow start and weren't really playing well. And now they're kind of in mixed form. So El Sapong has 13 goals after this game and he ties goals. He always scores uh, as one of the top American born scorers in the league. You're right. And Jack Elliott, the rookie that you were mentioning before, correct? Yes. Yeah. So he is very tall. I think, I think you, you make a, a, a good case. He's six foot five. And Andre Blake is one of the best goalkeepers in the league. That is also very true. So Elsa Pong was the one to score Philadelphia's opener. Uh, Minnesota United's defense not exactly showing themselves. Uh, no. Um, showering themselves in glory. You pretty much had all four Minnesota United defenders not able to catch up to a really solid cross from Thoffet Picot, who had a very good game until he was strangely subbed off. Um, but yeah, you, it just skidded straight through the defense after our, I guess, homeboy Sam Nicholson um, was unable to track back. And just a completely wide open CJ Sapong was able to just tap it into the back of the net. Also, the- I just want to point out at Sam Nicholson fan for the greatest fan Twitter account of Sam Nicholson's. Before the goal, there were multiple times where the for where the loons could have cleared the ball. I think if I if I would have taken a shot every time I streamed clear it during those first five minutes of the game, I wouldn't have made it to the seventh minute. I mean, you would have made it like I wouldn't probably have been sometime probably sometime in the like 
19th minute, it all would have hit you and then you would die. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you had said to yourself, I am going to die after the 19th minute, you probably would have missed the other 70 minutes that Minnesota were decidedly not bad. I feel like I'm on the word the with bird from Parks and Rec where he just says something super obvious. If you had died in the 10th minute of the game, you would have missed the other 80. <laughs> How about this? You would have missed all of the good parts for Minnesota. That's true. Uh, one of the good parts was Ethan Finlay. He seems to be one of the good parts generally of our team. He has now scored how many goals for us? Three. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. A couple. Um, Since coming in. More importantly on that goal, though, Francisco Calvo upping his FIFA skills star rating. Someone took that skill stick and made him do a pirouette around uh, two through two Philadelphia defenders. Beautiful, beautiful ball control from our El Capitan. A uh, little bit of pinging around the box and then Finlay knocks it in uh, to get the yeah, goal. Yeah, just kind of a bonkers play, really, in the box. Lots of deflections. Calvo gets the ball... Does his magic, shoots the ball blade, he parries it down, straight into a Philly defender who gets the ball taken off him by Finley, who taps it in. Blake tries to claim his offsides, but no, not even close. No, far from it. Um, we definitely deserve the goal. Um, ever since the probably the first after the first ten or fifteen minutes, Missler really got into the game, started creating more chances, and that and took that momentum into the second half. Mm-hmm. We we saw one of the big moments in the second half um, that I actually watched from home. I was uh, in a lot of pain during this game for reasons that I don't need to go into. So I was kind of in a little bit of a haze through some painkillers, kind of dozing in and out. But one moment I did get to watch on TV was the penalty call on Oguchi Onoyevu, who there was, a, there was a corner, Onoyevu goes up for the ball, puts his hand in an unnatural position, ball hits his hand, penalty called, he's getting a yellow card, and then the VAR is called and it's called back. If you were in the stadium, I don't think you actually got to hear Jamie Watson and Cal Williams go back and forth talking about the fact that Boxel had actually pushed on Yevu, and that's why the call was pulled back, because, because the push was deemed to be the first offense um, so the, the Onievu, um, penalty did not matter or di- did not need to occur because the push was the real foul there. There's pushing in every corner. That's some, that's some, and if you look probably a couple yards ahead of where the main action was happening, the push and the handball, uh, Brent Coleman is getting shoved to the ground or out of the play by CJ Zapon. Um, compared to what Batal did to Onievu, that was much more egregious in the bots. That should have been a penalty as well. Um, also, the push to Anweyu doesn't cause his arm to go up in an unnatural position and block the ball. That was Anweyu do- doing that because he was pushed. Not, beca- not be- because he was pushed, but because he knew that would block the ball. Um, the yellow, definitely harsh. I don't think it would have been, I don't think it should have been a second yellow for Anweyu. Um, that might have been possibly going through the ref's mind. When he was reviewing it, oh, that's kind of harsh to give him a sudden yellow and sending him off. Maybe I should just reverse the whole entire call. But again, if you looked just in front of the play, Kalman is getting shoved out of the way. Pushes on both sides, still a handball. It's 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 a, it's not right that it should be turned over and reversed. Okay, here's why you're wrong about that. So, um, 
Pro has made it a point of emphasis, in fact, the first point of emphasis this year, to really crack down on that pushing in the box. Granted, Sapong probably should have been called for a foul when he shoved Kalman over, but that's not the part of the play that you can actually review with VAR. So given the fact that you can only focus on where the foul was committed and whether or not there was some sort of incident foul that led to it, that's why they didn't look into it. Justice-wise, yeah, Sapong should have been called for it. VAR, if you could just kind of look at the entire play and see if there's something else that should have resulted in a penalty, then yeah, that probably would have gotten the call. But given the rules, given the structure of it, it was absolutely the right call because Boxel was pushing on Yewu without really making that much of a concerted effort to go for the ball. If, yeah. if they're going to call that, they should be more um, consistent with their calling that in the box. That happens every single corner yeah. in every single game. But again, I, I, I mean, they've they've gone from not calling it at all to at least calling it oftentimes. I, I think there's there's a middle ground. I think you can you can see that there are some problems in terms of fairness. But by the book that PRO have created for themselves this year, I think Colin's right. It's appropriate. We'll see how this evolves in the future. A quick, few quick points before we get on to something I know you want to talk about, Caleb, is. Um, First of all, 10 corners from Minnesota United resulted in one shot on target. Iron skillet, everybody. Um, Jose Leiton gets to go on the pitch and took the one good corner. Um, uh, other than that, didn't really impress. He didn't have, it's, it's he didn't have time, it's one time, time to impress. It's one yeah. game and, and he's just been training for a little while. We, we mentioned Sam Nicholson showing some great moves, taking some great shots. Um, I think he's been a great pickup. Now let's talk about Johan Venegas who came on with Jose Leiton. It was like, all right, substitution time. Bring on the Costa Ricans. Why is Johan Venegas? That's he did the not question. impress you. That is the, that is the question. He he did not impress me at all. If he sees the pitch again and puts that display, if he gets subbed on, we'll have a sub available, obviously, because we don't use them all ever, and plays like that again, he's just yanked him off again because that was fucking despicable what he did on the pitch. As the failing 55-1 podcast has already discussed... Oh, sorry, chances the, the failing fifty five the failing fifty five one podcast. Um, Johan Venegas probably has compromising pictures of Adrian Heath. Like so, that's probably it. So, so tell me what happened. What did you see that was that was so egregious for you? His first touch was non-existent. Um, his passing was errant and not accurate at all. There was one play where he had the ball cleanly tackled off of him, and then dove forward rolled over and just yelled at the ref as the ball was going away from him because Philadelphia took it away. Except, I have to point out, one of the greatest players in the entire world did the same thing, which we'll talk about in a little bit. (laughs) Oh yeah, we'll get to it. And then there was a play where he got fouled, passed the ball to Leighton, who was then fouled, not called again. Ball was played. He turns, as the ball is being played past him, like, past him, like he could reach out and turns to the ref and complains. And there was, he just wasn't in the right position. Mm-hmm. He was walking back on defense. If you're a sub and you haven't played in a while, put in some goddamn effort. Otherwise, you're not going to see the pitch again. Yeah, okay. his his movement was terrible. His The passion that he had for the play was just non-existent. And yeah, he was technically poor. Okay, well, um, 
I think I, I agree with you guys. I think he's going to be one of those guys who gets let go in this offseason. I just don't think the work's there to to hold on to him. Philadelphia's last win came on August 5th, so uh, they need to really pick things up. Andy Greeter, a few quick news points before we move on. Andy Greeter reports that Christian Ramirez is expected to return. Uh, you listeners are probably listening to this after the Wednesday game, so you'll know. So we could he be pre- wrong. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but he was expected <laughs> and, uh, to. Congratulations also to El Capitan Francisco Calvo and his wife Mariana on their on the birth of their son Gael. I'm pronouncing that probably horribly, so sorry about that. Um, I would have said Dale, so I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving along to a segment that we call the Major Listing Service. Uh, houses in the Midway, where I live, are going very quickly. You see one pop up on the Major Listing Service. By the time you've gone and visited it, it's already got 20 offers on it. Kind of feels like some of the best players in MLS who you see them playing well. Suddenly there's offers coming in from Europe, such you know that we'll talk about in a little bit. Man City, Leeds United. Uh, Two teams that held in high esteem over in England. Exactly. Just over there, absolutely. So, so, so the major <laughs> listing service, both in terms of houses and in terms of soccer, doing quite well. And of course, in our major listing service segment, we talk about MLS. So let's talk about the midweek game first. NYCFC beating SKC 1-0 very quickly on a cold, rainy Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, sorry, in Stoke, sorry, uh, New York. That's an honest mistake right there. I don't yeah. think it was you cold either. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it just raining. Yeah, it was just raining like crazy. Um, it's incredibly awkward to hear the team's outfits getting talked about by the announcers. And the guys in the white outfit and the or the white pants and the blue shirts. And I, I don't know. It's just kind of like... I, it's Stop like, okay, mention them. it quick. Like, just say, this is that team, this is the other team. Like, or you can say, don't oh, get into depth. From right to left is... You know, Kansas City from left to right, New York City. Also, also when they go like, and in the Hunter green shirts and the Cardinal red, and it's like, guys, it's green and red. We don't yeah. need to know like the shades. Like, we can go look up the like, you know, specific tint if we really want. Yeah, but. I'll I'll hit up Pantone if I need you. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, the first start though for the old gray lady, I mean Italian, um, Andre Pirlo since uh, the whole Juventus team, gray ladies playing for. <laughs> Uh, since June 30th. <laughs> and it was also the first game for sporting since August 19th. So a bunch of cobwebs being uh, torn out uh, and cleaned off. It's only also sporting second loss since the end of May. Jack Hack gets the, gets the winner. That's what I'm calling Jack ha- Harrison now. Uh, that sure. fits. Yeah, he's a great player for New York. And yeah, I feel like playing well. The, the Jack hyphen Ack nicknamed players have been doing quite poorly jack mack who who remembers him anymore so so i thought we should have another isn't one he so jack he's mack. in la isn't he jack i think mack? so yeah oh, yeah that, that tells you all about his season <laughs> all right going to the weekend's games uh the team whose away jerseys look like star trek the motion picture uh uniforms which i have now shown you guys the video chicago and he's away. right he's absolutely yeah. right he is very accurate on that. i still don't completely understand the reference but i did it now like, yeah i've shown you I, the, I the pictures it. um chicago fire Tied New York Red Bulls 1-1 in Chicago. There's a goal on either side called back. But uh, B.W. Bush scored again and uh, got a goal. And then the and this co- announcer was, you know, either he wasn't it's a goal. paying attention very One, much. two, three, goal! <laughs> like, he forgot so to do it. Like, oh, wait, producer's like, do the roll call. Oh, right. Uh, go, uh, just... I think he was the only one in the press spots too. Like, 
There wasn't anybody to play off with. This was, he, was, um, he did really bad, but I don't think it's completely his fault. He was okay. put in a bad situation. Probably. Without, without probably he was like the camera guy who was like, <laughs> while he's using the camera, like commentating on the game. Uh, <laughs> the announcer and the, the player play and the color commentator are both out sick. You're up next, kid. Don't mess this up. Yeah. <laughs> Don't so, worry. It's not like anyone's going to watch this. It's only on Facebook Live. So I, I think this was the game where both <laughs> the kind of expected goal scorers did actually score BWP, as I mentioned before. Nemanja Nikolic also getting his first goal since July 1st. Nemanja, the- where have you been, man? Right. Good for him to back on the story sheet. Um, uh, is he still on top of the goal story? Or is no, no. It's Davi Dia. Dia and um, we'll, we'll come to who's second in a little bit. Okay. The Fire is still not looking as good as they did early in the season. Their place in the supporter shield has slipped. I believe they are something like 14 points behind TFC. Who... Toronto got a 4-0 win against San Jose in front of a home crowd. Oof. Um, Toronto won. This is my shocked face. Toronto was in the red and... San- oh, sorry, we're not doing that again. Okay, sorry. <laughs> the Cardinal red. No. The Cardinal red. <laughs> uh, they dominated. They had 21 shots, 10 on target, 73% possession, and of course, four goals. Um, at this point, only Columbus, New England, and FC Dallas have beaten Toronto FC. But interestingly, the, the latter two teams scored three goals in their wins against Toronto. I want to say that one of those games might have been a weaker side, if if I actually remember right. There was that stretch back in, I think, June or July where they had eight games in a very short amount of time. Yeah. yeah. Um, sir, I don't know for sure, but I'm, I'm sure we went back and looked what some of those games were in that stretch. Josie gets two goals in this game. Giovinco comes off at halftime with quad tightness. No, Gio, so, no. So who who knows if he's going to come back? But uh, so I mean, it's not like they're the short on goal scorers at all. Right, exactly. It's not, <laughs> not, be they're just not struggling. Uh, there was a VAR call on a foul by Darwin Seren, who initially got a yellow, but after video review, got sent off. San Jose really needed this win to go into the playoff spots, which they have not. So they, they better start looking at the the table pretty closely before they go into their games. NYCFC came into the weekend and lost against Portland 1-0, but there were some asshole supporters of New York who stole a Timbers Army scarf and then posed with it upside down. I mean, they, what? They, they jumped the guy and stole his scarf. They didn't like, hey, can we borrow your scarf for a photo? No, they took it and hurt the guy they took I, it from. <laughs> it's, it's insulting to the Portland and their fans, it's something to their own team. Something to MLS. They, they ever have found out who they are if they ever had their identities revealed. They should be banned from MLS games forever. Am I am I right in saying that the team in this ca- cases like this should be putting out a statement saying we've seen pick a picture. We can't say that it happened at our stadium. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm I'd allow NYCFC to give the deniability of we weren't responsible for this, but I at least expect them to come out and condemn this sort of thing because you're responsible yeah. for the culture among your fandom and your stadium. And when you don't say anything about something like this, it it, it kind of is a implicit approval in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is terrible. I, th- I think you need to come out and create the culture that you want in your stadium. If people are being harassed, if people are being uh, punched, as we saw in in Orlando recently, the team needs to come out and condemn these actions. You, you're welcome to say that it, it didn't happen on our watch. We can't confirm it was someone in the stadium, but you please need to say that if it was, we don't we don't approve of that. Mm-hmm. That absolutely should happen, and as of right now, I don't think it has. Yeah, which is a shame. And I sadly doubt that it will. Yeah, I, I unfortunately agree with you. And uh, 
Moving along to this game, though, Andrea Pirlo, man, what the hell happened to him? He, he's old. He had to he's play a second game and whiny, in a week. And it's past and... his bedtime. He wants to go to bed and watch old Italian soap operas and drink red wine. <laughs> uh, I think I'd, that's what he I'd was say doing that on he, the pitch. I'd say <laughs> that he wants all the youngsters to get off his lawn, but <laughs> it's not like NYCFC actually own their stadium. Oh, so. oh so, so what happened with Pirlo is he has the ball. Darren Maddox just kind of like breezes by him and Pirlo kind of stops playing. Maddox takes the ball and runs off. Pirlo turns around to the referee and starts shouting doesn't chase after Maddox who makes a pass to then the Portland Timbers goal occurs Pastor Valeri right yeah who has seven goals in seven games incredible only um, accomplished three times in MLS history like Diego Valeri is just a fantastic player he is and uh, did you guys know that Pirlo is going to star in a new movie coming out soon um, it's a new movie. Takes place at Yankee Stadium, and uh, two eighty young, young men in their twenties, eighties executives, um, go to Yankee Stadium, and they find a dead Pirlo, and they have to, they're like, "Oh no!" And they have to like make his body do stuff on the pitch. It's called Weekend at Pirlo's. <laughs> I don't think that there's a difference between that and NYCFC game. <laughs> I think they would actually prefer <laughs> No, that. I think that was a scene that we just saw okay. from that movie. Okay. Um, Pirlo did send in an incredible crossover free kick. The guy knows how to play soccer. He's just tired and old. But um, Sean Johnson, you guys have been harping on and on about this kid, and he he's so is good. doing good work. He's so good. He had yeah. some great saves on, I think Valeri had a breakaway, uh, Blanco had a breakaway, started to Valeri, and Valeri had a practically open net. Except for one person, Sean Johnson, Johnson denied him with mm-hmm. a great diving save. I mean, to be fair, usually an open net save for one person is a goalkeeper. Yeah, I, I, okay, but yeah, okay, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. It was an open net, and okay. Sean Johnson dove and got it. But yeah, the ball struck literally the only half a meter squared that Sean Johnson was like vaguely putting his hand into. Like it was. A fantastic save. Um, Sean Johnson for U.S. Men's National Team. Take Armando off. Help take Zahn off. Bring up Sean Johnson. This was the first home loss for NYCFC after 10 undefeated games at home, and they now fall nine points behind Toronto in the Supporter Shield race. D.C. scored one goal against Orlando, which wasn't enough because Orlando scored two, and they kept their playoff hopes alive with this win, which was their first since June 30th. Surprisingly enough, Dom Dwyer actually did something other than fall over and try and get a 9.5 from the Russian judge. Um, he Impossible. actually, yeah, he did get an assist from or for the first goal um, straight to Kyle Laren. Kind of an accidental goal on Laren's part, but he'll be happy to have scored that one. Kaká is now a extraordinarily expensive 77th minute sub, um, which is very strange. That you're paying this guy millions of dollars. He's coming <coughs> Pirlo, but, you know, uh, Kaka isn't exactly Pirlo yet. So it's it's a um, bit odd uh, to see D- Orlando kind of getting back into form after they've now relegated their very expensive designated player to the substitute role. Uh, unfortunately, there was a bunch of unsavory news relating to Orlando and uh, this match. First of all, there was a big fight at the end after Lloyd Sam and Seb Hines kind of came together. Uh, Sam was grabbing Hines, refused to let go. Hines started punching Sam back. Only Seb Hines gets sent off. 
Um, there's no was there video review on that one even? I don't no, think so. no, no, no review. Um, it wasn't stoppage time. About two minutes till stoppage time. Well, and Lloyd's time really should have got sent off, and uh, hopefully the dis- disciplinary committee sends him off retroactively. Uh, also off the pitch, Orlando player Will Johnson has been suspended indefinitely following it, uh, following an arrest for a alleged domestic violence incident. So, uh, not very good news there for. Um, for MLS or Orlando. Um, in some slightly better news, Leeds United are rumored to be interested in Kyle Laren. I assure you the British people are going to call him Sile Laren, much like I did in the early days of this podcast. Oh, for when Sile Laren could have been going to one of the big uh, German clubs. Now he's potentially going to Leeds United. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you don't score that much in a season. Leeds are actually doing really well this year too, but um, so it's actually might be a good good move for him. Uh, the Revolution made an impact against Montreal, scoring huh. one goal. I see what you winning. did there. Uh, Blair and Jameer Quaid danced his way back into the Montreal <laughs> lineup, uh, but was that wasn't enough to get Montreal who are uh, in, into safety? Who they're now on a three-game skid of losses. They never really tested uh, Cody Cropper and Dole. Only forced two saves. Uh, they. Definitely could have tested him a lot more. A lot of shots going wide. Um, best chance from uh, Jackson Hamel, who just had the ball on a silver platter and just sent it into the stands instead of into the top corner. Both these teams are just outside the playoff spot with uh, impact just a point ahead of New England, who have a game in hand. Uh, Houston lost to Colorado in their first game again after Hurricane Harvey. Uh, Houston had been allowed to train in Dallas by FC Dallas Kind of nice gesture of goodwill to their interstate rivals. Uh, Colorado's first win since July 1st. Um, stoppage time goal for uh, a sliding badgie. Slid right into the DMs and into three points behind. <laughs> it's funny Marcus because Beasley. he um, was able to cross straight through DMB before he slid into your DMs. Um, despite dominating possession by nearly a 2-1 margin, according to uh, the MLS match report, uh, they also created more chances during the game to a tune of an 18-14 shot advantage. Houston unable to find the back of the net. I mean, who who would have known that DeMarcus Beasley would get really tired and be outrun during stoppage time? It's almost it's like, like he's kind of old. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I'm just putting and it out just, there. Just Maybe came back is. from international duty. <laughs> I mean... Like it, a little bit of a rest. Yeah. Yeah, give the guy a day off. Like, it's just one day. Just, just do it. Speaking of some time off, we're gonna take a quick break right now. Come back with more MLS news, Champions League, NASL, USL, and much, much more. Not a lot of great goals. This past week in MLS, I think there was there was one that we were kind of really impressed by earlier, and I'm trying to remember when. when I think that was. was actually not in MLS and in NASL. Yeah. Well, yeah, the one by Abadawi, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But there was one goal uh, in MLS that that I remember seeing, thinking, okay, that one maybe I can kind of oh, think. Oh, that of. was in our next game, actually. Oh, let's yeah. just jump straight into it then. Vancouver beat RSL three-two, five-goal game, uh, and Vancouver. Are now undefeated in four with three wins in that run. And they that play run. us next at home. Actually, you're probably listening to this afterwards. So, how do we do? Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 central defender or central midfielder Ali Ghazal made his MLS debut for Vancouver in this game and played 
really well. Uh, you also saw the newcomer Ibini Issei. Is that correct? Actually, no, wait. I'm just going to call him Bernie Ibini Issei Sanders because his name's Bernie. So uh, he's been doing really well for Vancouver as well. And the third goal, Vancouver's third goal, is a beautiful team effort where mm-hmm. Jardy Reyna gets the header off a uh, great cross by uh, Bernie Sanders. Uh Bernie Sanders, when he, before he crosses, doesn't even look across the box to see who he's crossing to. He just, I don't know if it was luck or he just knew that Jordi Reyna would be there, but perfectly to Jordi Reyna, diving header, puts it in for the game winner. And it also felt like the sequence leading up to that. Was w- just fantastic, yeah. yeah that great was, passing. That yes. was the one goal that we were impressed excellent. with this week. Yeah, excellent Number team less. goal. Um, less excellent team goal. Uh, David Usted has an <laughs> absolute howler. He saves the ball, I guess, but it spins right off of his arm, bounces once, and then rolls it into the back of the net. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> I've come to talk with you again. Beltran scores his first goal in MLS to bring RSL back within one goal, but uh, they couldn't complete the comeback and lost the game. Dallas's loss helps keep um, RSL's playoff Spoiler alert. somewhat realistic. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Uh, CLB, Columbus... Tied SKC, Sporting Kansas City, 1-1. Christian Dyer and Sam McDowell each report Eric Palmer-Brown has signed a pre-contract deal to to join Manchester City following the MLS season. He also turned down moves from uh, offers from PSG, Ajax, and PSV Eindhoven. Um, Center back, captain of the U-20s in the U-20 World Cup. Um, Played with, uh, I think, Porto, their B-team. On and off last season, yeah, it was um, was on loan. Actually, was he was a pretty influential player for them. Um, got them to win the title, except for they can't get promoted because they're a B team. Um, uh, Palmer Brown, I think, is one of the emerging talents who's kind of already been there for a while. I think was it four years ago that Juventus tried to transfer for him and SKC turned them down. Um, it's it's been a little bit mystifying as to how he hasn't gotten into lineups, although um, there was a little bit of a mistake in this game on his part that could explain why. So, um, Jonathan Mensa was uh, trying to bicycle clear an incoming ball in, in very close to the Columbus box. Unfortunately, he mistimed it miserably. And the ball went straight to Christian Lovato. He, he Charlie Browned it. Yep, yep. pretty much. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful bicycle kick. Uh, if it had come off, it didn't. And Christian Lovato gets the ball. He gets his first goal from four starts. Uh, Lobato, also the Lobot from Star Wars. Little known fact. Is that the guy from Cloud City? Yeah. Okay. The one uh, yeah. from the Alliance Field. Sorry. He's very silent. City. He's very silent. So so his getting a goal is very good. And, Domo arigato, Mr. Lobato. <laughs> and Columbus uh, getting the, the equalizer from Ola Kamara, who, or as Taylor Tolman calls him, Ola, don't call me Kai Kamara. Maybe, maybe Taylor Tolman accidentally called him Kai in like a press conference once, and Ola's like, don't call me Kai. And like, that's a great nickname. I'm write that down. Yeah. Just, uh, I don't, that's not a good nickname at all. It's actually longer no, than his actual name. Atlanta yeah. <laughs> put three goals past FC Dallas for the first game in the bowels of Megatron, uh, Megatron's butthole itself, which did not, I believe, open for this game. We don't know if it can open. They're saying it's it can, but that it's too slow for NFL standards. That's the official line. Uh, I'd like to know what NFL standards are for a butthole opening. 
Uh, okay, ask Ted Cruz. He probably likes some tweets about it. Uh, this game was played in front of a sold-out crowd of 45,314 people, including one Jimmy Carter, the Dallas defense taken hostage by Iranians in Jimmy Carter's watch because they were abjectly terrible. Did uh, Ben Affleck go over there and try to save them? <laughs> probably. Okay. It didn't work, though. <laughs> uh, Jesse Gonzalez, pretty much the only player on Dallas's squad who showed any sort of effort. Uh, the designated players for Atlanta, Martinez, Almiron, Velaba. Pretty amazing. Three assists and a goal among them. So uh, buying good players works, guys. Yeah. It's just in. And I think even one of the goal scorers, Gonzalez Perez, he's at least a TAM player. Like, I, I hate to say it, Atlanta picked out some good ones. They really did. So there was a early in the game in the first five minutes there was a VAR callback on a penalty. So I thought you know maybe Atlanta's gonna lose their momentum after this. Nope, they just scored, started scoring nine minutes after they that. They just turned it up to eleven. And yep, scored three. Um, wow, we, this... we've talked about Dallas kind of struggling with this before. I think we have recently talked about. Oh yeah, Jesse Dallas is the only guy who showed up today, and that's been a recurring theme in the fall and late summer. So hopefully. Actually, hopefully they can't pull together and lose on the 23rd. So, Yeah, that would, that would be <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> well, uh, moving along to Seattle, who played LA Galaxy this past weekend, and that game ended 1-1. One of those goals, the LA Galaxy goal specifically, scored by one Giassi Zardes. Is that a typo? Two goals in two games. Is that, a, is that also a typo? I don't know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I didn't watch this game. <laughs> I, I did, and it's not a typo. He actually scores a header, of all things. Must be said, Wait. beautiful cross by Allison Drini finds Jesse Zardes in a sea of Seattle uh, defenders and heads it past Stefan Fry. What other unbelievable things have happened this week? Well, Dos Santos Dos got the assist. Jonathan oh, yeah, Dos right. Santos was on, on the, uh, on the uh, <laughs> score sheet. I mean, I wouldn't believe it either, but he did something, and it's not Giovanni, uh, the Dos Santos that did something. Uh, John Kempen left this game with an injury. This is the LA keeper, yeah? Yeah, yeah. LA keeper who kind of had made the number one spot his own. Um, so had to see him go out. Uh, Brian Roy did come in, and then later conceded a goal. Um Jordan Morris also left this game with an injury. Left this game with an injury. Um, probably me out for the regular season at least, maybe even the playoffs, um, which they're probably going to make. Um, and you just know Bruce is going to be like, oh, Morris is out? That's okay. Josh is in, is in form. We'll just haul him up instead. Or we'll just start him instead. Jesus Christ. No, right? please, please, no. Right? Uh, there's, oh, there's, Christian there's, Ramirez no. up. There's a super, super choice or option in Minnesota, you could pick. I don't just didn't put, throw that there, Bruce. Intent. Just a super choice. Have any of you look, noticed, by the way, how Stefan Fry looks like a really sad Amish man most of the time without his hat because he's lost his hat? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that's pretty Gonna much. Go build a barn, I guess. I think that would make him happy, though. <laughs> um, Roman Torres has an uh, amazing cross to Na- Nagley Nagel. 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 I've, I've always been confused about his name, and then I hear it being pronounced by the commentators, and then I, I don't know how to read it. But um, late in the game, though, Torres gets a red for dog soul, my favorite uh, <laughs> foul in soccer, denial of goal-scoring opportunity, on Jermaine Jones. Who almost beat Roman Torres in a foot race. Except he Although didn't. Jermaine Jones had like a probably, what, 10-yard start. 
yeah. Taurus and Taurus caught up. And it was only like a, it was maybe a 30 yard run. And, <laughs> and even at that, it's not like Roman Torres really actually made contact with Tremaine Jones oh, no, and, yeah. at all. and Jones just kind of accidentally fell over when it looked like he would lose the ball. Yeah, I mean, and and seeing that, who would be like, oh, Jermaine Jones going down on a breakaway where he got caught up? There must be a reason for that. It's because Jermaine Jones is pretty old and slow. Uh, No, apparently not. The referee thought Roman Torres had brought him down, didn't call for VAR, which annoyed the commentators. I think, if anything, he actually shook off a... Seattle person that was it was asking. Ozzy Alonso who was just like making the sign for VAR like, <laughs> yeah. at the raft like no do it do it do it please and the, why aren't no, you doing this no. No. he walks up to the no, referee man. holds his head on uh, hands on either side and points it up to the, <laughs> to the replay like board the scoreboard like just look look <laughs> uh, one thing I do want to mention is that Roman Torres did not immediately leave the pitch after being given the red card and there was no VAR called so even without VAR being called now there are delays in the game being created by just the possibility of VAR, which I thought was kind of uh, not such a great thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've been agnostic about the delays in the game because of VAR. I think it's okay if, if it means less uh, incorrect game-changing calls, but stuff like this should not be tolerated. The referee isn't going to go to video. The player must leave the pitch immediately. Game must go on. I will counter your argument by saying that it meant more time looking at a dude that looks exactly like The weekend, of Who got super buff. Yeah. Over okay. the weekend. Yeah, like, swole weekend. I thought you were going to come in, like, when Caleb was, say, talking about VAR with Minnesota and make, like, this, like, really insightful point, but apparently not. You're just going to make jokes. That's what we do here, though. Uh, I'm, yeah. yeah. We, did, we did one insightful point an episode. You know that, right? Oh, damn it. Did this you whole start, time I've been making more. Oh, oh, dude, come on. If I was off the hook Wait. and I don't need to do this anymore, that'd hey, be great. Good I news. just make jokes the whole way through. Good again. news. You did 10 dick jokes. <laughs> it's your quota. I'm just surprised that you think that you're making okay. that many insightful points. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you did three burns, too. In all, right. all right. Well, it's time to talk about some of the greatest erections in history oh with, with the pyramids that the ancient Egyptians built. Uh, specifically in a segment we call The Pyramid Scheme, where we talk about the United States soccer pyramid below... MLS. First, let's talk NASL games in Puerto Rico, Miami, Jacksonville postponed due to Irma. Not the hurricane, just a really mean lady who didn't want soccer to be played. Uh, Miami, though, tying New York Cosmos 3-3 just as the hurricane started bearing down on... As the hurricane was bearing down on Florida, so the stands were pretty much empty. It, It kind of looked like people showed up at Ricardo Silva early for it to be a storm shelter, and they got to watch a soccer game for free. I mean, Which isn't a bad deal at all. Yeah, yeah, too. I, I would, I, mean, I would totally watch a Miami game for free. It was, it was really a fun game to watch. Jaime, don't call me Kingslayer. Chavez got uh, <laughs> seven goals in five games, or he now has seven goals in five games after scoring, I believe, two in this one. The second Miami goal was possibly the worst attempted clearance in U.S. soccer this entire week. Unless this is saying something. Yeah, like I that mean, bicycle kick like was terrible, but yeah. this one's. This worse. one is even he worse. he should have done it. Yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan Mensa tried something crazy. It didn't come off. It was mistimed. Dumb move. But this player, whose name I did not catch, managed to whiff a clearance straight to an opposition player who then scores the uh, goal to go ahead. He also didn't, st- uh, he didn't stuff it ahead of him. He stuffed it to the side. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I threw it downfield, then it goes straight to my right. Like, 
I do that in golf, but I'm a terrible golfer. You're actually paid to be a soccer player. Don't mm-hmm. do that. So Miami gets what they think is the winner in the 89th <laughs> minute. Everyone is super happy, but then... The, 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 is that the, the, the Cardiac Cosmos music the, the, guy here? Shep messing somewhere. is like, the Cardiac Cosmos! The Cardiac Cosmos! He gets up from his like hospital bed and then like has a lucid <laughs> moment and then falls back into a coma after saying the New York Cardiac Cosmos a few times. Uh, but they were, and they got that final goal in stoppage time to tie it all up. Um, and the funny thing is, the entire Miami end was filled with orange flare smoke. So I would think it's completely reasonable for the Miami goalie to be like, I couldn't actually see where the ball was because of all this stupid flare smoke. So, so I trying to yell at his defense and coughing like, close down, close down. God damn it. Chill with the flares. <laughs> and the funny thing was there were like six people in the stadium. <laughs> like there was as many flares as people. had like seven people. flares. Yeah. <laughs> Moving along, and North Carolina, Texas Ranger, who have not been doing so well uh, in the NASL fall seasons. They have no wins at home after five games. And this is only their second win, which came against FC Edmonton. They put three goals past Edmonton in Edmonton. Including an absolute screamer by... God, I hope he's an actual potential loon. Nas Albadawi. Yep. I mean, we've seen him play fantastically for years in NASL. I think he's ready for the move up. Um, this game now puts North Carolina FC in second place in the NASL fall table, which is strange to say given their form. Delta's in third, and um, Cosmo's still in seventh place. Uh, NASL goal leaders, number one, Stefano Pino. Number three, Lance Lang. Number four, Jack Blake. Are we? I, what's what? 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 Comments it's just got worse and worse as you players. were saying that. Like I expected two of those to be, you know, decent this year in ASL. But Jack Blake, that one hurts. This, he really should have been signed by Minnesota. Yeah. So um, I'm never gonna let this go. I don't think. So nope, um, nope. you shouldn't. Something else we haven't been able to let go has been a segment that made a recurrence last week and now will probably drag on and on through the offseason. I'm, of course, talking about my favorite sound cue in all of We Call It Soccer history, NES Armageddon 2017. Uh, This week, Tom Fath said, and I'm going to read this very confusing quote to you, we're in the NASL and we believe in the NASL. It's a great league. At the same time, I know the CPL is looking at starting, and I think the Canadian Premier League will be, will be fantastic for Canada. Canada needs that going forward, but we are in the NASL now. It's kind of like a guy who's been approached by a really beautiful girl in a bar that he really wants to, like, uh, go home with. But he's like, but I, I have this other girlfriend, and I really care about her. But he's had a few too many drinks, so his judgment is, like, super impaired at that moment. But he's trying to, like, convince himself that, no, this I have to be ethical and moral, and I gotta go home with my girl. But... I think it's more like... How about this? Now doesn't matter. I have a girlfriend, and I believe in my girlfriend. She's a great girlfriend. At the same time, I know that you are looking at coming home with me, and I think you will be fantastic in bed. My bed <laughs> needs that going forward, but I have a girlfriend now. <laughs> that was better than I was in, what I was going to talk about, so yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> That might be the worst thing I've ever done on this podcast. <laughs> anyway. Did you just say that's the worst thing? I might not because have been the best. I might have just, like, a week ago <laughs> said something about. 
<laughs> Never mind. No, let's top that. Try to top that next week. Let's do it. So India are still apparently, according to Indie Star, not exploring moving to a new league, which is good news for the NASL. And um, there's a great article by Wes Burdine on 55.1 about how the uh, U.S. soccer permit is, quote-unquote, I think he called it crashing or crumbling, and it's just not, I mean... He called out the USSF for a bunch of issues that I think it makes for for a good read on that article, so go check it out. With that, let's move into talking about the USL real quick. Pittsburgh Riverhounds lost 3-0 to Louisville. Um, Louisville basically just broke down a bunkered Riverhound defense, scored two in the final 15 of the first half, um, got a penalty in the second half as well. Uh, Pittsburgh's first loss in five games. Um, they have moved to within two points of the playoffs. Alex Cap made a five-minute cameo. Yay. Yay. Professional yeah. debut. Yeah, good for him. Um, he actually had a save and didn't let in another goal. Clean sheet. Clean sheet. Clean, Clean sheet. sheet. Alex Cap. Clean sheet. <laughs> Alex. Alex Cap. Doesn't nah, work. It, it no. does not work. Doesn't work at all. Nope. Does not parse. Um, Louisville take a three-point lead in the East following Charlotte's postponement uh, with a game in hand. Speaking of, uh, the table looks a little bit like this. Uh, Louisville and Charlotte... Um, pretty much clear as the leaders in the East. Um, it, near the bottom of the table, Pittsburgh, I think, really needed a win in this game. Uh, weren't able to get that, and thus were not able to leapfrog. Orlando City, FC Cincinnati. Um, There's still only two points out of the playoffs, but yeah, only two really points out. A point at least, or yeah, just to close that gap even more. Yeah, um, so it's it's definitely crunch time for some of these teams. Um, St. Louis FC as well, I think, has kind of uh, fallen away from its ability to really charge for the playoffs, um, particularly given that you've got Bethlehem Steel and Pittsburgh in front of them. Both of them have looked decent enough in recent weeks. NWSL now. The North Carolina Courage can clinch the Shield next week following their win against Houston. Uh, the Portland Thorns also won their eighth out of nine against Boston. Um, finally, make sure that you watch the last nine minutes of Orlando versus Seattle. Alex Morgan gets what everyone thought at home was a winner, and then uh, Jess Fishlock got a goal in the 93rd. Let's just zip into some national team news without doing all the segment intros because we only got some couple of quick points about it. The U.S. women's national team has called up a 22-player roster for their New Zealand friendlies next week. Yeah, um, they'll be playing in Denver and Cincinnati. Tobin Heath, Ashlyn Harris, Morgan Bryan, and Cincy's own Rose Lavelle are returning following injuries. Uh, Sofia Huerta is also awaiting her one-time switch paperwork. Uh, Will still train with the squad. If she gets that cleared, she could potentially play. Okay. Well, let's with that move into a segment where we talk about coverage of soccer in England. We call that segment the pub because each week we do actually fly to England and go to a different pub and sit down with our pints that are somewhat cold but not quite uh slightly above room temperature yeah and our curry chips and we eat them Ooh, and yeah. this week which pub are we going to we're going to the flying boot oh fantastic That's yeah just watch pub. just like duck every once in a while okay just to be careful all right, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that one in a second. Uh, Frank DeBoer is now the shortest tenured manager in Premier League history after being fired by Crystal Palace. So this kind of leaves him in a pretty toxic place because he had a very short tenure at Inter Milan as well. 
left with his reputation in tatters. Crystal Palace was kind of bringing him in, saying, on the one hand, maybe we want a new system and we want you to kind of rejuvenate who we are after their Big Sam experiment. And De Boer came in, tried to play differently, didn't work. Last week, the team kind of reverted back to their uh, former playing style. Did well, but De Boer still got the boot. Roy Hodgson, who has a very consistent 35% winning uh, percentage across all his Premier League teams. Crystal Palace uh, is going down this year. Yep. Just going to throw it out there. Yep. Uh, moving on to talking about some results from this week, guys. Uh, Stoke 2, Man United 2. Man United could not do it on a sunny, mostly sunny day, Sunday in, in Stoke. They just couldn't do it. Uh, great goals from uh, two promoted new signing from the Bundesliga mm-hmm. for Stoke. And uh, also, great news for Manchester United. They have a brand new fan. Kim Jong-un is a Man United fan according to a Italian senator named Antonio Razzi who says he's friends with Kim Jong-un and this interview was reported in a British tabloid so obviously is absolutely correct information. Tottenham scored three against Everton. Surprise result considering everyone was thinking Everton was really going to be flying high this year but Tottenham coming in at home in Wembley. Well it is September so that means Harry Kane is going to score. Yeah okay there you go. All right, this Everton performance pretty flat from people that I mean, uh, they should have done better in this game. Yeah. Uh, Man- Speaking of should have done better, uh, <laughs> Man City five nil victory over Liverpool. Uh, I see okay. one note. Um, <clears throat> yeah, just go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say the the only note I see here for this game is fuck in capital letters. Who wrote oh. that? <laughs> I don't even Whoever know. would have written that? Um, Sadio Mane gets sent off for a high boot directly into Ederson's face. Apparently, yeah. the sending off oddly controversial. I'm sorry, no, you don't get go studs up into like the opposing goalkeeper's face. No, that doesn't. It, it if you red. kick somebody in the face in general, you get sent off. I'm just studs were showing. It was a straight red. He deserved it. There was no malice in it. He yeah, he, he apologized ball. afterwards. Just to put that out there. He's not a dirty. <laughs> Who cares? It, it was a he sending got sent off. off. So, after he got, after the sending off, Messi scored four more goals. And with Klopp's style of play, the dungeon press, you, it's not. You're not going to work. Well to play yeah, it's not going to work. Especially with a top team like Man City. It's um, not going to work against any team. It's definitely not going to work. It would work against Crystal Palace. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing that we got to mention here is Alex Oxley chamberlain now, I believe, has an aggregate 9-0 score in two games. They should only do better, Alex. They should only do better. Arsenal! 3-0 win over Bournemouth. Um, Arsenal won comfortably. That's weird. Alexis Sanchez wasn't universally booed when he got subbed on in, I think, the 78th minute. That's also weird. That's also weird. Um, two goals and an assist for Danny Welbeck. That's also weird. You know, actually, I could see that. That that seems okay, <laughs> like, uh, reasonable. Some news for next season in the English Premier League. Uh, the transfer window during the summer will now end before the English Premier League season begins. This, um, of course, a result of, of discussions for several years, but most recently we've seen guys like Coutinho, uh, Dembele in the Bundesliga kind of strike before... The se- or during the season while games are being played because their future is still in limbo. Um, so this is a move... Coutinho's back was hurt. Right, exactly. Sure. So, so, so <laughs> this is a move to kind of make sure that the rosters are set, training is going on to the, to the best possible outcome um, for Premier League teams. It is a little less effective without other leagues following the Premier League's suit because... Um, 
uh, the other leagues can still sign Premier League w- players. It's only Premier League teams that are that need to stop signing after their window closes. There is talk, at least, that um, the teams are going to be in solidarity that they will not accept transfer bids after the start of the Premier League season. And, and the we'll prim- see if that actually happens. And I think the Premier League is such a big and well-respected league that they could actually pull this move and other leagues might actually follow their their example. All right, with that, let's move into a segment we call They Don't Call It Soccer in Brackets. Some do, though. Some selected Champions League results today. Barcelona putting a masterclass against Juventus, putting three goals past them. Messi getting his first goal against Buffon and his second in just one game. Go watch this game if you want to watch some beautiful <clears throat> tiki-taka soccer. Uh, Juventus early on trying to shut uh, Barcelona down by putting a lot of people behind the ball, but Completely unable to. Uh, one other moment I'll talk about from this game is that Messi, after a challenge from one of the Juventus players, came up waving an imaginary yellow card at the referee and actually touched the referee. Ref immediately gives Messi a yellow, telling him that he's tired of imaginary cards being waved. Internet is, of course, full of, but the, he didn't give any yellows to the Juve players, and the Juve players are really violent, guys. Retorts don't, to don't that. Don't touch the ref. Yeah, right. don't touch a ref. But... Um, I mean, Messi's incredible. Iniesta showing that he's still not too old to put on a masterclass. Rakitic getting a goal. Beautiful, beautiful game to watch. Chelsea putting six past Azeri team Karabag at Stamford Bridge. um, To no one's surprise. Uh, United beating Basel 3-0. Somewhat of a surprise because Basel have been spoilers in the past, particularly against Manchester United. Yeah, definitely definitely the top Swiss team. Um, A lot of players come up from there. for example, the Hazard brothers. Yep. Um, I watched this game. Man United were just in control the entire time, though. It, it was it was a steamroller that I perhaps didn't quite expect. Um, Bogba getting pulled off hurt, though. Yeah, uh, came off early 18th minute. Um, I think it, was, it looked like it was a hamstring, but mm-hmm. we'll and see. And if we learn anything with Ramirez, hamstrings aren't good. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. But fellow Aini, who came on for Pogba, managed to score one goal for United, another coming from Lukaku. PSG put five against Brendan Rodgers' Celtic. Who? Um, who? who? Who is that? <laughs> Rodgers? Okay. I, I'm i not Brittany sure. Brittany Rodgers? Is that what you're okay. saying? Yeah, yeah. That, that, yes. that is what I'm saying. Uh, a few league matches from around the world, uh, or rather just one. Hoffenheim beating Bayern Munich 2-0. Uh, Mark Uth scores a brace to... Give the defending champions their first loss of the season much earlier than the first loss of last season. Bayern in crisis. <laughs> uh, another little bit of hilarious news. A team uh, from Montpellier in France is donating a large batch of jerseys to Montpellier, Vermont. So here's what happened. Um, <laughs> Montpellier, France has two L's in its name. Um, unfortunately, the logo supplier uh, printed up the logo with only one L. Um, thus, they decided to send the defective shirts after doing a return scheme uh, to their sister city, Montpellier, one L, Vermont. In unrelated news, uh, Montpellier, Vermont have ish- put in a bid for the new MLS expansion uh, with the same exact team name as the Montpellier in lead one. They're ready to go. <laughs> And with that, let's move into a segment we call the Reynolds Wrap-Up, where Colin takes a soccer conspiracy theory that you know you've been thinking about and make sense of it for you. So, this weekend, Michael Oliver will be the referee for Arsenal's game against Chelsea. Now, you would think to yourself, 
you know, who cares? But uh, Michael Oliver has a 21% win rate for Arsenal in the 19 Premier League games that he has refereed for them, meaning that uh, they have only won 21% of those games. That said, we also know that fellow Michael, Mike Dean, has been a massive thorn in the side for Arsenal in the past. So I thought to myself, is there a problem with guys named Mike refereeing against Arsenal? And it turns out, yes, there is, and there's a distinct reason for that. In Arsene Wenger's time as Arsenal manager, there have only been four guys named Michael who have played for Arsenal. Of them, only one of them spelled it in the traditional British sense, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, or went by Mike. The other ones were guys like Mikael Silvestra, Mikel Arteta, guys who spell it with a K in there as opposed to the C-H sound. It is very clear that the Michael Premier League referees have noticed this and are lashing out against the discrimination that Arsene Wenger is putting against fine people named Michael. K's for life. <laughs> Fuck you, Taylor Porter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, with that, it's time for us to bring our show to a close. Where can the good people find you on Twitter, guys? I'm at KOlson716. Special thanks to Tectonics for their, their song Lustless for a theme song. And catch my match recap of the Vancouver Dame after the Vancouver Dame when it's put up on 55 1. Uh, you can find me at the attachment. Now that I have a phone, I'll actually be able to post on Twitter. Yay. <laughs> I'm at T United Fans. You can find this podcast on 55.1 and find podcast providers everywhere. We would really appreciate if you introduce some friends to this podcast. We always love having new listeners. And with that, we will bid you adieu for a week and return again next week. Bye bye, everyone. Feed me with your